Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. It's a great privilege to be back in the house and to be in the place of worship that I love the most. And you can travel the world, you can get all the big mega churches, but I'm not exaggerating and I'm not saying it because it's the appropriate thing to say but there is something very wonderful and special about this house. And it flows from the apostolic leadership that we have the privilege of uh, walking with and serving under. And I just wanna thank Pastor Russell and Sam and Neil and Leone this morning, because as apostolic leaders and pastoral oversight, they have so empowered Margaret and myself. And not only that, but empowered our family, empowered our team, Over the last few years, the Lord's given me the privilege of raising up various ministries, and today they're touching various nations, but all of them are also empowered by the leadership of this house. And and so the influence of this house just is incredible globally. And I was waiting on the Lord and just saying, well, Father, what do you want me to bring? What is the prophetic word for this year? And as clear as anything, He says, well, I've already given it, of course. I gave it to Pastor Russell, um, and that was supernatural increase. But as I listened to the tone of his voice when he was speaking to me, my father that is, he made it very clear, he said, supernatural increase. And the emphasis was on this word supernatural, and I wanna lean into that today. Because above all else, we are called to be a supernatural people, living a supernatural life, representing a supernatural Christ. And I wanna share that with you this morning. It has been my great privilege and I I think it's just an an amazing act of Father's grace and kindness over the years that He's been filling my life and our lives together. I've been preaching now for 51 years. I started when I was 19, I'll be 71 this year. And for over 50 years, I have watched my father perform miracles that just boggle the brain. And I'm not talking about little things, you know, I'm talking about weather changes. I'm talking about incredible miracles taking place. And in my book, You Did What, You did what is absolutely crammed full of miracles. Why? Because that's just the way we're supposed to live. And and I'm not talking about, you know, um, some little, we use the word miraculous a lot, but I'm talking about things that'll get you laughing, things that'll get you cheering, things that'll get you celebrating. Why? Because it shows the greatness of God. But I wrote it only for one reason. And that was to entice you to have a hunger for the miraculous in your own life. And so if it does nothing else but that, I believe it's accomplished its purpose. And there's other books and tapes and USBs out there as well. But I wanna lean into this morning, creating this hunger. And my theme for today is accessing heaven. And you might say, well, I thought you talked about Supernatural, that's right. Because the heaven, we use the term heaven, but in fact, heaven is simply the presence of God. And so really, if we access the presence of our Father, if we live in His presence, miracles will happen. 
And the supernatural is the overflow of a life that is fully committed to and fully surrendered to our Father's love and purpose. And so I above all else want today for you to get the key. Pastor Russell has been speaking to us about the keys of the kingdom, very, very powerful messages. And I wanna give you one of those keys today. I wanna give you the key to accessing Father's actual presence so that you can see what he does in the world of his reality and then you can have the boldness to do it in the world of your reality. And so that's where we wanna go today as we lean into that, okay? Let's just pray. Father, we ask that the spirit of revelation will come upon us today. We ask, Father, that right now in this place, Men and women, young people will have an aha moment when it goes from the head to the heart. Lives will be changed forever and your authority and your kingdom power will be released in the days that lie ahead for every man and woman and young person in this building that has a hunger for it. Father, thank you for eyes to see now. In Jesus' name, can you say amen? I was on a place called Arusha, uh, east coast of Africa in 2004. And one morning the Lord woke me up uh, at 4.30 in the morning and he said, if you will raise up a prophetic team to change nations, I'll give you a place to do it in. And I said, okay, I didn't know what it meant, but I said, okay. And he immediately showed me lawns, trees, buildings. He showed me the actual property. Now, now, Here's the deal, 18 months later, we found it. One, it had already been sold to somebody else. Two, it was completely outside of any possibility of our financially getting it. Yet in spite of those two points, we ended up buying it by a series of miracles and today we're still there. Okay, but I want to tell you that the reason we had the miracles and the reason we're still there and the reason why we did raise up a team of ministries on that property was because of what I saw. I, I, I really want you to see this. I was in Africa. The property was in Melbourne. How did I see it? Uh, I, I was in 2004. The event that he was showing me was 18 months later in 2006. So how did I see it? Friends, I not only want to tell you how I saw it, but much more importantly, I want to tell you how you can see it because it's supposed to be as natural as breathing air. It's not complicated, it's not spooky. We are called to be a supernatural people. And so let's lean into that together. Are you with me? Okay, Matthew 6.10 is a scripture that's been quoted a lot in the last while. Your kingdom come, your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Now, I looked up all the Greek on this and I'm conscious that um, Dr. Clayton Coons is sitting there, so he'll hold me to account if I misquote anything, okay? But um, he's probably too polite to point it out in the middle of the service, so I'm grateful. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I looked it up, 
and I really studied it. And I thought, you know, I can paraphrase Matthew 6.10 this way. And I think it's got on the screens or it will get on the screens. And this is what it says, paraphrased. Reveal your indisputable authority to rule on this planet by your will being carried out on the earth in exactly the same manner in which we see it done in heaven. And when we say the word heaven, we mean eternity, the spirit world of Father's presence. In other words, if we carry out the will of our Father on this earth, in your environment, your home, your office, exactly as you see it done in the world of His reality, the kingdom's come. His authority has been revealed. Now, now friends, Pastor Russell also said, I loved that message last Sunday. How many enjoyed that? Pretty powerful stuff. He said that authority is greater than power. And the kingdom is the authority of God revealed. But how do you carry that authority? How do you demonstrate that authority? My friends, I want to suggest to you, it's all determined by what you see. When the storm rages, what do you see? The storm or the master that's far greater than the storm? What do you see? When the hosts of hell seem completely overwhelming, what do you see? Do you see the greatness of the opposition or do you see the all supremacy of Jesus King who is greater than the opposition? It's a matter of what you see. When you have electricity bill, that's $800 and you have $100 left in your wallet, what do you see? Do you see the lack or do you see the one who with a one word of his mouth can multiply bread to feed thousands or put a gold coin in a fish's mouth. I mean, it's a matter of what you see. Now, that was just the intro. John 4:24 says, God is spirit. And the Greek word there, spirit, is the word pneuma. Uh, pneuma, it means a breath of air. The only important thing you need to get a hold of right now, that God is spirit. In other words, he doesn't have any tangible human substance. He's, his presence fills the universe. And the only exception to those are the times when he has chosen to manifest himself or manifest something out of his world like an angel. He, he manifests at times into our world in order to get a message across to us. Uh, when he wanted to tell Israel that he was with them day and night and was not gonna leave them, what happened? He, he manifested his presence as a pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. We all know that he's not a cloud and he's not a pillar of fire, but he manifested it that way, why? Because he wanted to get the message across. He sent angels who have no physical form either, but he manifest them at various times to Abraham or Gideon, whoever it was. Why? Because he wanted to communicate a message. Hey, great strength, great power is on your side. Heaven's hosts are standing with you. And so there's always a point to his manifestation. And so the whole point is that we have to have eyes to see. 
You know, uh, Jesus said to Peter, flesh and blood can't reveal this to you. You've got to get this from heaven. This has got to be a revelation. Your eyes have got to be open to see, but there's always a point to it. Father is trying to communicate. Like when the disciples were with Jesus and Father says, okay, now I've got to communicate to this mob that, that, that the Old Testament and the New Testament, the Old Covenant and the New Covenant are actually going to work together. They're not enemies. They're going to work in perfect harmony together. So what does he do? He gets Moses and Elijah who's been dead for years. They have no physical body left, okay? They are spirit. But for the purpose of the communication, he has Moses and Elijah appear to, and with Jesus, and they have this chat on the mountain. We don't even know what they said. It's not what they said is immaterial. The fact that the Old Testament the law and the prophets was talking with Jesus, told those disciples right there on the spot, hey, Old Covenant, New Covenant, perfect harmony. We are, and so God's always got a purpose for his manifestation. You with me? Take a look at the miracles of Jesus now. John chapter 5, verse 19. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself. Oh, I hope you get a hold of the scripture. But what he sees, what he sees, the Father do. For whatever he, that is the Father, does, where does he do it? Father is spirit. So where's Father doing it? He's doing it in spirit. He's doing it, the, the spirit world is coexisting with your world and my world. The spirit world's right here now. The presence of God's right here now. Got, my Father's already here. You got what I'm saying? For those who have an eye to see. And so for whatever He, the Father, does in the spirit world of His reality, the Son also then does in the like Manner And the word also means, uh, in the Greek, chi, it means the cumulative effect. So I, I want you to get a hold of this. So the cumulative effect of Jesus seeing his father do something in a glimpse of moment of time in the spirit world automatically triggered him to do it tangibly. And so he's walking, and because he was filled with the Spirit, governed by the Spirit, directed by the Spirit 24-7, he's just walking down a road, and all of a sudden he, he sees a picture. He's just a little glimpse of Father healing the guy by the side of the road. It's in his spirit controlled imagination, if you want to put it that way, but it's Holy Spirit revelation, and he's walking along, he's suddenly, ah, and immediately does it without hesitation and with complete boldness, complete confidence. Why? Because he's just seen it. Because he's just seen it. And that's what verse 20, go on to verse 20. For the Father loves the Son and shows him, shows him, allows him to see all things that he himself does. Well, where does he do it? In the spirit world, the world of his reality. And he, Father, will show him, Jesus, greater works than these that you may marvel. So, so how are you going to marvel? Because of the miracles that Jesus does, or you do, 
But how do you do the miracle? You're not greater than Jesus. Jesus said, I can't do anything lest I see my father do it. But the moment, the second I see my father do it, ha, I immediately carry it out in the world that is around me at that moment. And my friends, that's the simple secret of the miraculous. Our prayer should not give, Lord, give me more power and huff and puff. No, we should actually make the prayer, Father, give me eyes to see. Father, give me eyes to see. Because if I can see it, I can do it. And I'm not trying to just sell the book, but I tell you what, that book is chock-a-block full of miracles. I'm talking about snow in the middle of summer. I'm talking about miracles that are actually creative miracles and, and, and where people were saying to me, you've got to be more reasonable. Don't be ridiculous. That can't happen. And yet it took place. Why? Because I saw it. The moment you see it, it's already accomplished. Therefore, your faith is not creating anything. Your faith is simply drawing it from the realm of his reality into the world of your reality. But you've got to see it. And it happens in a split second of time. Friends, the simple, uh, uh, how can I put it, secret of the miraculous. Jesus did because he saw. I do because I see. Now, all of that brings incredible clarity to Matthew 16, 19. Let's read that. Matthew 16, 19, we know it pretty well, but now read it through a different set of eyes and take it in the Amplified. I will give you the keys. That is the authority of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper or unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven. Is that up there? The word already? Mm-hmm. And whatever you loose that is permit, declare lawful on earth will have already been loosed in heaven. You getting what it's saying here? You can't go around binding and loosing stuff. You don't have that kind of authority. But my king does, my my father does, and the moment I see him having something bound in the realm of his reality, I can bind it on the earth. Now I've been in hospital from various stages of my life and I know that as I kind of lying in that hospital bed surrounded by very anxious, fearful people, kind of, and I'm lying there having this wonderful little trip and there's a smile on your face because me and my father are just talking about stuff and, and they, they, I don't know how many times, and Margaret's here, I'm not exaggerating, how many times I have had heard the word, what's the matter with you? Don't you know how serious this is? Uh, are you not facing reality? And, and uh, friends, I wasn't being super stupid. I, it's because of what I could see. My father was talking to me about stuff I was going to be doing 10 years from now. So what on earth would I be anxious about? I was just having an enforced rest and having lots of people wait on me. It was cool. <laughs> and it, it, it's what you can see. 
And the result of what you can see is the miraculous. There's a cool story. We may not have time to turn to all the scriptures, but there's a really cool story in Kings. Uh, it's 2 Kings 6 for reference, but don't bother going there. And it's the, one of the best stories because the king of Syria is trying to destroy Israel. And, and so he's making these war plans, but because he, he really, really wants to keep them secret, he, he, he takes everybody into his bedroom because he figures that's the most secure room in the entire palace. Nobody can hear him when he's in the bedroom. And so he's having these plans and then they go to carry out these plans and Israel is standing there waiting for him to ambush them every single time. In the end, he gets so brassed off with this, he says, which one of you guys is the traitor? And they say, it's not us, it's that prophet in Israel. Every time you breathe a word in your bedroom, he hears it. Every time we do anything, he sees it. And he just tells the king of Israel all the time. Well, I think that's one of the coolest stories in the Bible. Just, just imagine if every business leader could, could actually see their opposition before they even took place. Wouldn't that be something? Why not? Why not? Why not? I've had it happen many times. Friends, we gotta up what we believe for. We gotta really, uh, you know, and, and so then the king of Syria sends us army and the army camps around where Elisha and his servant is and he's out to destroy him and his servant gets up and he says, oh, now we're cooked for sure. And Elisha said, well, actually, more are they that are with us than they are that are with them. And that must have sounded like insanity. And you might as well settle it. If you're going to walk a walk of miraculous faith, people will think you're nuts. But the wonder of it was, the, the, the servant must have said, wait a minute, even I can do basic maths. One and one, that's two. There's hundreds of them out there. And then Elisha says, oh, Father, open his eyes that he might see. And the young man wasn't blind. He could see the Syrians. But Elisha was saying, Father, let him see what I already see. And it says then that father opened his eyes and suddenly he saw. And there were horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I love the original description of this in the Hebrew because it, it makes it quite clear that, that they were attached to Elisha. Their epicenter was Elisha. Wherever Elisha went, all the horses and chariots of fire went. And he was the point of attachment. No wonder the man was so bold. It was because of what he could see. How on earth could that man ever be intimidated when he could see that lot? Now, the spirit world doesn't have any tangible human substance, but what Father was doing was manifesting 
the powers of heaven, the angelic host in such a way that in his day, in his environment, it would communicate the message. Today it might be tanks, I don't know. But in those days it was horses and chariots because that was what was needed to convey the message. As soon as his eyes were open to see. Friends, Jesus had eyes to see 24-7. And it's a hunger. But my question is, what did he see? And how can you see it? He saw a spiritual reality. Friends, I'm not spooky. Anybody knows me knows I'm not spooky. In fact, I, I, I've got a campaign to de-spookify the prophetic, all right? I, I, no, I don't like spooky. But I know the existence of my father. I know the existence of the spirit world and I'm not shy about it. My Father is spirit, and he lives in a world coexistent with mine. He's right here, right now. And at any given moment, he can let me see. And I'm telling you, friends, it's intoxicating. It's irresistible. And how do I know? Because I'm living there. I'm living there. Look, I, I was on the way to Adelaide in an, in, uh, a few months ago and I was going up this escalator and I don't know what people thought because they all looked rushed and hurried and I had this little grin on my face and it's because of what I could see. I was, I was conscious that there was an escalator there. I was conscious of all the people, but me and my father were talking about stuff and it was great. And we were having this little communication. You say, well, how does that happen? It's not spooky. When, when you get saved and full of the Holy Ghost, God doesn't destroy your imagination. He just takes it over. He knows that that's the best way to communicate with you. And I can be in my office, I can be up with the gum trees and the rouge where most of it takes place, or I can be in an airport. It doesn't make it, or a hospital. It doesn't make any difference. When your eyes have been opened to see. I was out walking two days ago, and I knew I was coming here, and I'm just walking along, and suddenly I saw Pastor Russell a few months from now. And I, what the Lord showed me was that the Spanish galleon filled with treasure had been sunk in these shallow waters, but no one knew it was there. And, what, and then, that was hundreds of years ago, and then today I saw Pastor Russell getting a call. This is all figurative, but it's meant to convey a message. I saw this nondescript little fishing boat with insignificant people in it, apparently, but they got in trouble and they called out for help. And I could see Pastor Russell. People saying, you can't break stride, you can't break momentum, you can't do that. You know, and yet something rose up inside, I'm, I'm gonna rescue that bunch. I'm going after that bunch. And, and something about the rescue effort of this little group caused him to discover what was beneath. 
and the treasure that lay there. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'll say that word now because I know sometime over the next few months that's exactly what's going to take place and it will help Pastor Russell, you know, step illogically over the line at that moment. See, see, friends, when you have eyes to see, it can happen all the time. I've had prophetic words walking through a car park. Why? Why? What happens with that? Oh, I just, for a moment, Father just draws the, sh- the veil back. There's no, there's no separation between us and him. He rent the veil in two. He, he, he declared once and for all that he didn't want any separation between your world and his. I was glancing around just a few moments ago and suddenly this man, I'm sorry I don't know you, my brother, but you're on the front row and you just look to your left and I'm pointing rudely right at you. Give me a little wave. Yes. And I glanced at you and suddenly I saw uh, this people who were in utter despair and darkness. And But the thing that I noticed about them was that they were had barbed wire coiled around them. And suddenly God was giving you a burden. And as you went to help them, you realised you had to get the barbed wire off. And you carefully were taking the barbed wire off. You can still see it. And every now and again, you get a prick, obviously. And the Lord just was saying to you that don't care about the pricks you get on the way because he'll swiftly and easily heal those to stay resolved because I could see you taking it off them and freedom coming into their lives. And I believe that's coming up in the next few months or so. The burden of a people like that will touch your heart. Okay, now what did I see? I, I, I just It's just a glimpse. But friends, what I so desperately want to do with you today is to take it out of the, the realm of, oh, well, the visiting speaker can do it, Pastor Russell can do it, oh, the odd two spooky ones, they can do it. No, I want to take it completely out of that context. Jesus was the firstborn of many. Jesus was a type of how you should live, every one of you. But the fact, but the challenge is, is access to that Unconditional. No. Now, every born-again believer is going to heaven, not touching that. Every born-again believer can come to church and celebrate and have a glorious time, and I'm not touching any of that. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about seeing in order for the miraculous to be a normal part of your life. Is that unconditional? Well, not according to Pastor Russell's sermon last week, or message last week, which I haven't, I can't even, don't even know where it is, but I know I wrote it down. And he, he spoke about the, the, um, the, the keys of the kingdom. Remember that? And you have to have the keys. And he mentioned some of the keys, didn't he? Humility, a peacemaker, a purity of heart, uh, and uh, friends, the keys to the kingdom, the authority and dominion of God being expressed, that's not unconditional. That's for those who are what? In spirit. Those who are under the dominion of the Holy Spirit. Those who have a pure heart before God and before man. Why? Why is it conditional? Well, because, friends, the, unless the Holy Spirit has got absolute control of you, how on earth can He show you? 
Now, I don't have time because that thing up there tells me I don't. Um, but in your own time, take a look at Revelation 4 and Revelation 1. It's incredible. It says that John was in spirit. And suddenly, I love this, and suddenly a door was opened in heaven. But friends, if I had another half an hour, I'll tell you what that actually means. The word doors with fire, it means a portal or opening. He said, he was, and the word when, he's, when he was looking, the word look there is for an intense penetrating gaze as one that fully expects to see something. So he's not having a glance, but he's leaning into it. He, he is looking, determined to see. And as he's in that kind of an attitude, what happens? Well, Holy Spirit opens a window and lets him see. And friends, I'm telling you, that's the secret of the miraculous. Live a life that's under dominion. Live a, friends, only a fully surrendered life is a fully empowered life. But next week, next month, the rest of this year, the years that lie ahead of you, they can either be a normal, natural life, occasionally blessed by God, or they can be literally what Matthew 6 told us to pray. Your kingdom authority and dominion come. Your will be done in my world, just as I have seen it, in heaven. Friends, that is my anticipation. I wake up with it every morning of my life and occasionally I lose sight of it. And that's why God gave me a wife like Margaret who remind me. <laughs> Friends, your anticipation, your expectation. In that scripture in John, it is incredibly clear that he was looking intently because he fully expected something supernatural. And I wanna encourage you when you're having times of intimacy and wonder with your Father. Pastor Russell said, you can worship but not listen. I can tell you something, you can worship and not see unless you're looking. You see, friends, the thing, and I'm gonna wind it up here, but, but listen to me. I don't wanna mislead you. I don't wanna mislead you. Father's presence has never changed. It's still holiness and power and dominion. And sin never has been able to exist in that kind of a presence of holiness. Just can't do it. That's why the keys of purity of heart, purity of motivation, purity of desire. And I have asked the Lord about that sometimes. And He said, it's a bit like this. And I want this picture in your mind. It's a bit like this. I travel a lot. And you pay for a ticket and you've got a boarding pass. You're legally on that plane. And you have been given 24-7 legal access into your Father's presence and He stands waiting for you with open arms, unconditional acceptance, indescribable love. But what happens before you get on the plane? 
or you go through this thing. And if you have scissors, it's happened to me twice. If you have scissors in your hand luggage, you gotta give them up. But I'm, I'm, I'm on this plane, sorry, not with the scissors you ate, but man, I've got a boarding pass. Yeah, yeah, fine, but you're not getting on it with those scissors. You've got to leave the scissors at the gate. And friends, it's not that God doesn't want you and wouldn't embrace you, but just it's sin that can't exist in His presence. So friends, leave the scissors at the gate. They plumb aren't worth it. And I'd like us to stand and close and make a declaration of a prayer. And I'd like you to put that prayer up and we won't hurry it. We're going to pray it from our hearts as our fervent, passionate planet shakers can do. All right? Now, are the words up there? Father, I pray. No? Okay. Yeah, okay. Out loud as true, fervent disciples. Father, I crave a new intimacy with your heart. I place my imagination under the direct government of the Holy Spirit. Father, let me see what you desire me to see. I declare my hunger to see you in your majesty and power, your authority and dominion, and your love and affection. And everybody said, Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.